Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Everybody, welcome back. It's another lovely edition of Dr. Homebrew, the only show that lets you know what's going on before you know what's going on with the other shows. My name is JP. I am your host. With me, as always, is Brian and Lee. Hi. Hey. BJCP Master Judges over here, folks. Uh, they're really the brains behind uh, Dr. Homebrew. I'm more of the, um, you know that book, Diary of a Wimpy Kid? That's like that's me. I'm just the I'm I'm the guy in the corner with like the the eye boogers and you know the runny nose and stuff like that. Like my dog. I'm like your dog. What? Yeah, eye boogers sometimes. Will you pet me? Because I, I sometimes I need an ear scratching. No. Shit. No. You're not that cute. As long as it's just the ear, I'll, I might. Yeah. Maybe so Brian will yeah, scratch you behind the ear a little bit. There we go. Yeah, but only if you promise to get your back leg going. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, it goes. It, that's my spot, spot right there, man. Man, speaking of pets, I lost Yuck. my cat for like six. Days, dude. Ooh. Found well, him. You, you live. Alive, yes. Good. You got him back. Okay. Uh, but that sucked, man. I've always liked yeah. to make fun of people who, like, oh, my, my dog died and I'm, like, crying. Uh, our uh, close and personal you're the friend. Guy like, oh, boo hoo. Yeah, yeah, like, what? It's a dog, dude. Get, get over yourself. Like, uh, I, I ran into Drew Beecham at the NHC a couple months ago and, uh, and he was telling me about his stupid dog that they had to put down, his little, like, ankle biter. And he's talking to me about it and he's, he's tearing up. And I'm like, yeah. seriously, yeah. dude? Like, what? what is wrong with you right yeah, now? Yeah, I'd believe it. Yeah. He, They're members of your family, dude. He, yeah, but... He's I, probably attacking his own ankle with a staple gun right now <laughs> just, just, to, just to get that feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I never, I never really, like, never really figured it out. never really got that because, uh, you know, I've had dogs growing up, but I hadn't really had a pet to disappear, uh, for lack of a better term, in, in, in forever. And this friggin' cat, man, had, you know, we, we, we went out of town for 4th of July, came back on a Sunday. Monday rolls around like, I haven't seen Saki. What the fuck's up with that guy? Is he uh, intact? He's intact. Everything's fine. Okay. I guess what happened is he was a block away. No, I mean, is he intact as in not neutered? Oh, no, he's neutered. Okay, oh, he's well, fixed. He I was broken. I used to have a male cat that used to go on some adventures for a few <laughs> weeks, and we'd see him six weeks later, and he'd come back a little matted and looking a little happier, but... Yeah. You know. uh, no, nothing nothing that fun okay. for this guy. He was in... Uh, 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 so, anyway, Tara and I were, were hanging flyers, and then uh, last night, or the night before, we go around, and uh, we're hanging some more, and this guy called. He's like, yeah, I've, I've had your cat trapped in my garage for a few days. I'm like, well, that's why he hasn't come home, you idiot, because he's been in your stupid garage. Uh, anyway, so we got him, and everything's fine now, and he's just, uh, you know, maybe ventured outside once, and then has come back in. Dude, it's I'm not going anywhere. anywhere. No yeah. more of that matted me. and happy business. <laughs> going to trap me in their garage if I go adventuring. Yeah. Oh, but well, I was, hopefully there's beer in the garage. Uh, th- not in that garage. No. no, I think they were a little... Uh, just some little, paint fumes and... Yeah, they were weird people. I, I swear, like, the guy let us in, and, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, follow me. And so I'm following him, and he goes, yeah, he's here in the garage. And he opens the garage door and does one of those 
I'm going to stand back and push my arm out. So like le- allowing you to go into the garage first. I'm like, great. I'm going to get an ice pick in my neck <laughs> and I'm just going to be bleeding out in this person's garage while you stand over me and go, we got another one, Martha. Locked in there with a cat. Yeah. yeah something weird, First man. Six days. And uh, it was just, um, I don't know, but uh, I, I kind of got. Uh, but he's a neighbor? He uh, A block over. Okay. Is he listening to this show? No. Okay. No. Then you can probably go home. He makes other things. <laughs> Is the rumor in the neighborhood. Okay. So I wanted to get out of that place real You're fast. Okay, yeah. Uh, crystalline forms of chemical. Anyway, um, I, I, got, I was like, oh, man, I, what am I going to do? I was actually depressed yesterday um because i i didn't uh, he was like oh here's a member of my family right, gone done. now yeah. i understand but now you're elated he's back oh yeah now i'm happy so now if, if you guys have to put your dog Sorry. down or anything like that um uh, i'm gonna still. make fun of you to no end because that's just how i roll i'm a hippie all right yeah. we'll come and kidnap your cat <laughs> please do hey that's not nice no, it's not <laughs> anyway welcome dr homebrew everybody thanks for putting up with my my cool cat story uh what is dr homebrew well it is a show sponsored by five star chemicals get all your cleaning needs met from five star chemicals.com ask for them at your local homebrew supply store if they don't have it um or at your neighbors or at your neighbor's house that's true um, five star chemicals are PBW star sand, sandy clean, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, what they do is they allow you to clean fully before you sanitize. And that's a, a really important part of home brewing is sanitization. You go to any commercial brewery and you go, yeah, I have a, a, a chemical that does both all at one time. I don't have to do two steps and they will laugh at you because there is nothing that does that, uh, to the extent of cleaning first and then sanitizing. So take it from the professionals, take it from the folks at five star, take it from us, the guys in this room. Um, fivestarchemicals.com it's where it's at yeah I mean nothing short of a fissile quantity of of uranium is going to clean and sanitize (laughs) at the same time right yeah and then uh, just yeah then you'll never be able to use it again but it'll be clean uh, so, B, uh, 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 BJCP, uh, Dr. Homebrew, we are a, a BJCP interactive score sheet. You send us homebrews, and uh, we get you on the phone on Skype here, uh, and we talk about your beer. You know, we, we, we run through the entire BJCP score sheet. Uh, Brian and Lee, they do uh, a fantastic job at, at breaking your beer down for you, and uh, then you get to ask questions. Too often we hear, oh, if you want good feedback, enter a competition. Well, that's only half the issue. The other half is you have questions that, that we will come up in, in you know, with, while reading your score sheet. Well, what does this mean when you say, oh, you know, it has a little too much toasted, well, how, toasted malt flavor? How do I get rid of that? How, what do I do? How do I change that? Um, and and these, these are the guys to help you out. So uh, if you want to be on the show, send me an email, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I uh, will put you on the list. I promise you there is a list, and I promise you I am getting to you individually. We're a couple of months uh, backlogged for, uh, for requests, which is kind of cool. So... Um, stick with us tonight. We have, what do we have? We have an American Pale Ale from American Pale Ale. Ted, Ted, and we're doing another commercial example, right? Yeah, we're doing another commercial. We haven't beer. done for a while. Yeah. Uh, what's the style we're doing? Russian Imperial Stout. Russian Imperial. Russian Imperial, Russian Imperial Stout. Russian Imperially right. Stouted. Right. It's fat, royal, and big. <laughs> and nice. you'll see it is actually i can't wait for that but yeah. I, I i like these kind of commercial styles we're going to try to do them a little more a little more often uh we got some really good feedback on the few that we've done so yeah, people good. seem to really yeah really and the one we're, we're doing here i mean it's not like we have to keep it secret no yeah, no we no, don't no. Yeah. so the one we're doing here so you can pause the button now run out and buy it at your local high-end liquor store right uh is the john courage imperial stout all right if you this can find the, that it's worth getting the 2012 vintage 2012 vintage 2012 your vintage, vintage. may vary 
Or if you're listening a year from now, by the 2013. Right. And see how it changes. There you go. Or if you're listening 10 years from now, come talk to me. I might have a few bottles of 2012 left. I'll <laughs> yeah. sell you for like 80 bucks. Wheel me around. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, JP, JP yeah. will buy. Yeah. I'll, uh, what? Uh, he said he would. Let's get Ted on the line. What do you think? Let's okay. get Ted. Let's just jump right into this whole stupid thing. Ted, are you with us? I am here. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I know. I know Ted has been hanging out for a couple hours drinking. He sounds so, familiar. Uh, yeah. We might so, have talked to him before. Yeah. So uh, he might be a little loaded. Yeah, cool. just, just a wee bit. Yeah? What are you <laughs> drinking on? Are you drinking this uh, pale ale we have in front of us? You know what? I, I, I am drinking the pale ale in front of us, uh, in front of you guys. In fact, uh, He's drunk. I have a bottle of that pale ale that I sent to you guys as well. Um, doing a side-by-side comparison with the keg that I have here uh, in the house. So oh, wow. it's, uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. How, well, we'll have to find out how so at some point. Yeah, let's pour this thing. Uh, Brian, why don't you uh, start talking about this beer, man? Do we have a, a Drunk of the Week competition for the, <laughs> the homebrew show? Can no, we? not yet. Okay. We could start one, though. Well, since he's the only homebrew, he's going to automatically win the other award, right? Right. He's going to win both awards. That's true. He's going to get the Grog Tags and the Drunk of the Week and the First Place. Grog, That's true, Grog Tags. Yeah, first why not? Place. Well, I'm um, a winner today. You uh, are a winner. I don't have a glass, yeah. Okay. So the, the American Pale Ale, um, this was a, a really pleasant smelling beer. It had some nice classic citrusy hop aromas in the nose. Some lime, lemon, grapefruit, medium high level, not, not over the top, but just right where you want them. The, underneath that, it has a clean, low, basic bready malt profile. A little hint of maybe some biscuitiness, but nothing, nothing too overpowering in there. Just... Uh, uh, really pleasant malt profile. Kind of some medium, uh, fruity, generally fruity esters in there um, poking up. It's a definitely an ale fermentation. I didn't find any DMS or, or buttery diacetyl. Um, it was, uh, in the appearance, it was a little bit hazy. It has kind of a, a light, uh, ambery color with a, a low eggshell white head. Stuck around pretty well. Uh, in the flavor, I got a nice present, uh, pleasant hoppy presentation in there. Uh, the balance was was really pleasant in this beer. I thought that you want the hops to come out over the top, but you don't want them to go crazy. And sometimes you get the, the pale ale and a half or the almost IPA in a competition where you're, when you're judging some pale ales where it's like, <laughs> yeah, wow, those hops taste nice, but it's not where it needs to be for a pale ale. You know, it needs to be... Uh, uh, smoothly uh, drinkable. You don't want to start letting it over overpower it. You know the the le- the the drinkability is a really big component of this beer. Basically, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, far too many times, um, I've ordered a pale ale and it's like, no, I, I think you gave me the IPA. This yeah, is not a pale ale, I and it's six percent and you know a hundred thousand IBUs, and it's like, eh, right? Yeah, people aren't always. It's a hoppy yeah. beer, and everything has drifted a little Hot bit. Madness took over that, but you got to be able to step back and and just drink a basic pale ale and know this is where it needs to be. Um, so yeah, I I thought I got a tiny hint of a a little. Uh, phenolic in there, like a slight uh, medicinal kind of a chlorophenolic note, but um, it, it, it's it's really hard to get at, and it only kind of came up when I had a, a little belch, and it, <laughs> I I kind of questioned it too because it could have come up from some of the other beer that's in my stomach, where mm-hmm. or know, the burrito you had, or the yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah something, the, yeah. The, 
So this the is what toilet you call cleaner that cold. I ate earlier. Oh. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. yeah. This is what you call a late aftertaste, right? Yeah. Very late. <laughs> the, yeah, the actual aftertaste is really pleasant. Hops just kind of linger in there a little bit with them floating over the malt. Uh, you know, again, no no other defects that I, that I even hinted at. So very pleasant uh, flavor. Medium light body, kind of where it should be. Uh, medium carbonation. Uh, a little bit of creaminess. Um, you know, I thought I found a tiny hint of some warmth in here, but it wasn't too distracting. It was pretty pleasant. And um, you know, overall, a pretty tasty American Pale Ale. Um, you could, I mean, it's it's the hops are so subdued, you could, you could get away with a little more hop complexity. This is what I would call a, a classic American Pale Ale. Hmm. If you wanted to do a more modern interpretation of this, you could... Um, change up the hops a little bit, but keep them, I would say keep them at the same level. I wouldn't increase the hops. I would just, you could experiment around with them and try different variations of this recipe with different hops to, to arrive at a, a blend that, you know, could give you a little more complexity. It was pretty much a, a one, uh, one trick pony. It was, it was a citrusy American pale ale, but that's, that's a pleasant thing. So kind of classic in that regard. Um, light phenolic, could be a result of my burp or it could be you know there could have been a little wild yeast in there but i don't the more i taste it it's just a pleasant pale ale and i probably should bring up uh, my score a little bit but you know um there there are a few ways you can improve the the clarity of course it was a little bit hazy uh you can filter it you could fine it uh if you filter it be sure to bump up the hops a little bit because you're going to lose a small percentage you know maybe bump up your hops by 10 percent or something um and uh, but you can also just just chill it and be patient with it and let it uh, you know sit in in, a, in secondary for a while at low temperatures and and a lot of that if it's just yeast it'll settle out. You could, it could also be a little hop haze, which is this probably for you in this beer. So um, and for the warmth, if there was a tiny bit of warmth, you could watch the fermentation temperature, make sure it you know stays you know maybe a little lower into the 60s. You can ferment it at 66 if if you got a little warmth from the the 69 or, or if you if you went into the 70s or something but or higher so i give it a, a 33 pleasant beer good good drinking american pale ale nice wunderbar wunderbar yes indeed lee do you agree with brian or do you want to punch him in the throat no i don't want to punch him in the throat that's too bad even though he melted my earlobe a little bit with that belch um <laughs> i uh yeah i like this beer um so i mean the hallmarks of the style really are Balance. No, it should have malt and hop both, and they should be mm-hmm. in balance. It's not like it should be the IPA where it's just totally over the top hops. Or, right. And it's not a Scottish ale where it's all about the malt. So, and uh, he really hit that in this beer. It's, it's a well balanced beer. Awesome. Um, and clean. So, medium hop aroma, pine, some lime zest, even balance, even in the aroma. A little bit of a grainy malt with some caramel hints. Uh, some fermentation character came through the nose. I thought it had a little bit of a strawberry ester. Actually, it wasn't like a fresh strawberry. It's like strawberry jam. You know, that's sort of just like opening up a bottle of strawberry jam and taking it with. It yeah. made me actually look for some diacetyl because usually that's an ester I would associate more with the British yeast. But I didn't find any diacetyl at all. But it was almost like that strawberry jam on toast you get with the Fuller's or something like that. Mm. So it's a nice aroma. A little bit of ginger to the to the hops. Uh, good balance. Very very style. Very uh, appealing. Uh, appearance it was a little bit hazy which would be nice to see less of you know you can get a little bit in these and they're dry hopped and i thought this was a little maybe a little more than just a little but um it's not a huge problem really um sort of a light amber color uh had a fairly good head lasted okay not great but well enough 
um, fairly persistent off-white foam. And the flavor, medium to medium-high lime zest. Again, some pine hop, this classic American hop flares, flavors. Fairly evenly balanced uh, with a caramel malt, toasty malt flavor, um, and uh, medium, medium bitter. Maybe it's a little bit more balanced towards the hop flavor versus the malt. Um, the the bittering versus the malt was about even, I think. Hmm. Maybe a little to the bitter, but not much. Uh, it was definitely in style on that, though. It was very pleasant. Made it is. Very drinkable beer. Okay. Right. Um, medium, low strawberry again. Maybe a little bit orange as well. Um, I found it finished a little bit on the sweet and sticky side for American Pale Ale. Mm -hmm. So it left a little bit of uh, sweetness, a little bit of, like sticky mm -hmm. on the lips. But now you, you get that in some of these. Um, hot flavor was lingering. Um, some berries, some toast, some malt. A little bit. The bittering mm -hmm. seemed to get just a touch rough in the finish, but not bad. Uh, that's that's pretty common with these though, but it's it's not really as it I warms. Didn't it as you a get problem. a little bit of that too. Yeah. yeah. When it was colder, uh, it was pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah, medium body carbonation good, not warming or stringent. A little bit of drying from the from the hops. I, I'm kind of guessing this is dry hopped. I don't really know, um, but you know, pretty good again. All in all, I thought it was well balanced. It was clean. It was very tasty. It had everything you look for in American Pale Ale. Um, it was perhaps a touch on the sweet side, but not bad. Um, a touch on the dark side, but within limits. Both of those put together, you could almost wonder if this is edging into american amber ale territory hmm. but honestly i think this is, this is too hot forward to be yeah like, this would be too hot forward to be just a regular american amber so for I, me I, I thought it was a pal that was bit i thought it was a, a little too bitter you thought it was am, too am bitter. i am i wrong on that oh are you talking I, to me no no no, no, um, sorry. no i just sorry i just paused to take a taste I don't think it's too bitter. Yeah, it's probably as it warms up, it's a little more bitter forward than it was before. Mm -hmm. This was kind of medium in check, but yeah. yeah, as it warms up, it's a little more yeah. noticeable. It's not IPA like by any means, but no, well, no, no. I think the well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just you know hypersensitive to bitter beers, but uh, try to make yourself belch. Maybe it's that phenolic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I get I, Nutella, I'm, which is weird. Yeah. Um, Nutella. Okay. That is interesting. Just kidding. Yeah. No, I thought it was good. Um, in general, I, I gave this 40 points. I thought it was a very nice example. Uh, in general, I think there's some fine-tuning you could do here. Um, either less dry hopping and more flavor hops, or maybe trying a chill crash or fil light filtration to get rid of some of the haze, mm -hmm. which I, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm guessing might be hop-derived if it was dry hopped or had a lot of hops in it. Um, and maybe try and reduce the sweetness a little bit. Maybe. Um, you know, slightly higher mash temp or mm -hmm. probably more likely just um, maybe do something akin to a diacetyl rest at the end of your ferment. You know, when you start to slow down, raise, bump the temperature up, it's a good way to do that. Just to okay. make sure they finish out. Right. Um, but those are little things. I mean, as is, it's a really nice beer. I thought it was very good. What'd you give them? 40. 40. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah. No, I thought it was very well done. All right. Uh, Ted, what's your recipe, man? Let's get into that. All right, so so the recipe that I and you're you're correct. I did dry hop on this one, um, so the haziness definitely came from uh, my opinion anyway. Came from the dry hop, uh, just your normal you know two row, a little bit of Munich, about a pound of Munich, uh, some crystal uh, twenty and crystal sixty, roughly each one of them you know just shy under a pound, and a little bit of wheat malt for a little bit of body. Uh, my hops that I ended up using. This is a, the fourth time that I've made this. Uh, uh, Pale L and the the last go around was was a little too harsh, a little too bitterness on, on it. So I 
ended up moving my uh, uh, bittering hops to 30 minutes and I bumped it up a little bit for IBUs and I used a uh, Falconer seven C's for, for my bittering. Um, and then for my flavor hops, I, I dumped in about a, oh, about an ounce of uh, cascade. And of course I dry hopped with cascade and centennial, uh, for about five days. Yeah, that that cat that centennial classic profile. Yeah, that centennial lime gives that little lime, a little bit of pine. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah good hops. Oh, beautiful hops. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and that that adjustment is a pretty cool idea because that's a way of shifting, uh, you know, less hop, more hop material away from the the early part of the boil, which can give you a little more of that harshness. Mm-hmm. And that you know this, it it, it it to me it wasn't harsh at all. It, it as it warms up, you got a little bit of the bitterness was more noticeable, but it wasn't. Um, it still wasn't harsh and it's just like you can you can push even more hops to the end, towards the end of your boil and and get you know get you get your business from a five minute edition right. you know yeah if you really into a, a hot bursted pale ale but yeah i mean that would <laughs> that would change the whole balance of it too i think what right. you ended up with was a pretty good place to, to to put your hops there yeah cool yeah nice nice so i guess you know to ask you guys you're talking about the sweetness and doing a higher mash temp and and doing either that or a diacetyl rest with this thing uh, would would improve that sweetness? It it would hopefully get rid of a little bit of residual sweetness that seemed to be there. Honestly, I'm not sure I'd up the mash temp. I, I would, if this were mine, I would vote more for just trying to make sure the ferment finished out completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you know, I, it's not like I'm saying it's bad. It's just I think it's it's just got a little bit of a a, a little bit of that lingering sweetness just sort of stands out a bit. So just to so clarify, nicer if it was gone. Yeah. You suggested lowering the mash temperature to dry it out a little bit. Yeah, lower. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, lowering. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was higher. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, if so I said the, higher, that would be wrong. Yeah. If you increase the mash temperature, it's going to leave. Uh, you know, the the alpha amylase is going to be more active. If you lower the mash temperature, the beta amylase is going to be more active, and that's what separates the chains of, of starches into the individual sugars. The alphas are kind of just breaking the the branches apart, and and uh, you know, breaking them in kind of random places there. So, well, not random places, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Lower yeah. mash temp. One, if you're at 155, go down to you know 151 or 149. Even can give you a nice dry pale ale. So I think with this one here, I, I, I mashed about 152. Yeah, um, a little low, and it, it was, you know, I, I fermented well. I can ferment as best as well as I can at, at 68 degrees. So uh, I, I pitched under, and it and it came up a little bit. Um, yeah. And so hopefully, I you know I hit where I needed to hit. Maybe I can mm. just do it a tad bit lower than than I did before. It, you know, 152 is a pretty good place to be. It, this could also be coming from your specialty malts. Uh, you mentioned adding a little bit of wheat to add some body. You mentioned uh, you use two different kinds of crystal. You could simplify your recipe. Just do one kind of crystal and a base malt, and you know, there you go. Yeah, make or, a pale ale, or, or or a little less of both crystals. Yeah, I mean, yeah. throttling back on that could dry it could dry it out a little bit too. But again, yeah. you're the one who's going to drink most of this. If you look at <laughs> it as it is, I wouldn't recommend you change it. It wasn't right. overly caramely, yeah. and the sweetness to me wasn't overt. It, but yeah, it was. You know, yeah. you could dry it out a little bit. Just a, that was a very fine point, I think, that we made about that. But yeah, Ted, can you uh, do me a favor? Run through your your hops. We had a a, a question in the chat. The guy didn't catch those. Uh, what were they again? So I I, I did my first hop addition at, uh, at well at forty minutes. I don't. I thought I said. I think I said thirty minutes. Of course, I've been drinking, um, uh, and that was uh, roughly just about an ounce and a half of, of uh, Falconer Seven Cs. Uh, then I dumped about just a shy over uh, an ounce, uh, about 28 grams 
uh, almost 29 grams of Cascade at 10 minutes. And then I ended up doing a dry hop with Cascade with about two ounces worth of, uh, of Cascade for about five days. And I did a Centennial uh, dry hop for three days uh, at about an ounce. Okay. How many cool. IBUs Thanks. do you think you got out of that Falconer at 40? Um, you know what? It... it I like where it finished off with the with the bitterness, and I and I think, in my opinion, I think it's roughly around you know thirty five to forty. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I initially made this uh, recipe, I had it at sixty minutes, and it was way harsh using, uh, and I used probably uh, about another ten grams less to compensate for the IBU level. And it was it would just came out just totally harsh. It was it was, mm. it, it was harsh on the palate. And when you tasted it, you drank it, and you're like, "Wow, that's way too much." And the, the conversation started happening was, "This is an IPA." Well, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, but it, it came it, across like it. Yeah. Right, right. It came across like it. As you're boiling it longer, you're pulling more of the kind of plant material out and some of the you know the stuff. I mean the. What you what you really want are those you know the oils and the uh, the alpha acids and you know the good stuff in the hops. You don't really want it in there any longer than you have to have it. Right. So. Right. Right. All right, Ted. Any other questions for the guys? You know what? I don't think so. I think I'm good. All right. Yeah. Nice job. Keep up. Cool. The, keep up the yeah, good brewing. Yeah. Enjoy I, the rest I, of that keg. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Ted. Yeah. No yep. problem. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Ted. Ted with his American Pale Ale. Let's take a break, uh, and then when we come back, we're going to jump into this uh, Russian Imperial Stout, yeah? Commercial calibration. Yeah. Commercial calibration. Can you put deep echo on it when we say that? Deep. I can't. We, we, we do need some sort of weird <laughs> effects, because that would be cool. Um, anyway. Bring in your amp. We can run it through there, Brian. There we go. Okay. Yeah. It'll be good. Uh, talk to home, everybody. Hang on a sec. We'll be right back after the jump. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab See, Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Yeah. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food beer and wine the creek monkey tap house online at creekmonkey.com since the first time the brewing network microphones turned on more beer was behind it more beer sponsors the programming on the bn because like you they love brewing and like the brewing network they love sharing their knowledge morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer go to morebeer.com and click into the learning center you'll find podcasts technical facts video tutorials and more including access to the buzz 
is More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hello, BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> hey, dude, I think there's some... <laughs> What's wrong? You don't look so good. There's, <coughs> there's something wrong with your beer. It's making everyone sick. <laughs> don't let your beer make your loved ones ill. Proper cleaning and sanitation is the key to avoiding puke on your shoes. But I used an all-in-one. Cleaning and sanitizing cannot be done in a one-step process. No cleaner can sanitize, and no sanitizer can clean. The amazing chemists at Five Star Chemicals have your solution. Clean with BBW and sanitize with Star Sand. Fantastic! Your friends and loved ones will thank you. Five Star products are available at fine homebrew shops near you and online. Put your best beer forward with Five Star Chemicals. Your one stop for the cleanest two-step solution. All right, welcome back, Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. We're going to jump right into this commercial calibration. Um, you know, again, these things aren't just because we want to drink this beer and, and hang out wow. and slurp on it and talk to you about it. Uh, well, we do, and we will. But uh, really, our goal for, for these kind of things is so you guys can buy these and, and, and hopefully, you know, calibrate your palate, I, I, I suppose, for lack of a better term. Um, are you tasting the same things we're tasting? Um, how, you know, how do you develop that vocabulary uh, to taste beers? Well, you listen to other people taste the same things that you're tasting. And, and, and while we all can't be in the same area um, at once, uh, you know, doing this sort of thing, uh, hopefully this kind of stuff will, will help you out. So we like to find beers that are widely available commercially. So you can pretty much go anywhere and run and grab this. Now, I know Russian Imperial Stout is, is a little harder to find, um, but it, it's still something new that we haven't done before. And uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a really good learning experience. It's a, it's a beer with a lot of flavors. Very, very complex, and, and in my opinion, really, really hard to make well. Yeah. 
So, uh, again, you know, if you can find it, sit back, relax, crack one open, and uh, let's see if you can uh, get the same things that we're, we're getting. Brian, why don't you introduce us well, yes, to I, the style? I would like to. You know, the BJCP says about this beer in the overall impression section, it's an intensely flavored big dark ale. Roasty, fruity, and bittersweet. To me, that's kind of the key of the beer is the, the bittersweet character of it. Yeah. Well, and it has a lot of alcohol there, too, but it needs to be smooth and big and dark. Almost like a bittersweet um, chocolate is kind of. And it can be almost, that balance. It can be almost black. Uh, J- Jamil and, and John would you know, say that it's a... It's a, a big, it's as big, rich, and bold as a stout can be. It seems that in this style, there are really no upper limits, only minimums. I, I like that little quote there. That's, only minimums, right. It has a lot of, you know, coffee, dark chocolate. It can have even tar-like notes in there. You know, dark fruit, hops, alcohol, although it needs to be smooth, not hot or harsh, so... And you need to keep it from being sweet or syrupy when you brew it. So, and you can read Jamil and John's book about the brewing classic styles to learn how to do that at home. But uh, this is a commercial beer that we're tasting. Um, and again, it's the um, it's the John Courage, the John Russian Courage, style the who Courage makes this? Brewery. It's Courage, Courage Brewery. Brewing in England, twenty twelve right. yeah. vintage. Never heard of it. It is ten percent alcohol by volume, so it's a pretty big beer. Yeah. Um, this bottle is serial number 039953. There you go. Yeah, it's a pretty well-known old-school British brewery. They've been around for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think they were... They weren't the originators of this, but I think they probably jumped on this bandwagon fairly early. This was a style that was originally invented for export. So it was kind of like the after-IPAs were big export <laughs> business, um, pale ales and all that. Um, these started going north and into the Baltics. Imperial, mm-hmm. They started the British started exporting imperial stouts, um, and they were um, historically supposedly very popular with the Tsar's court, which is how these the big stouts got the name Russian Imperial Stout. Okay, because they sold a lot of it to the Tsar's court. They're so it's, popular there. It's an English style traditionally. It's an English style, despite okay. the Russian name. The Russian was actually the market for for a lot of these. So if I'm if I'm sourcing Russian hops, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, who's to say? But yeah, yeah you'd true, expect yeah. English hops. Okay. The interesting though, thing though is, you know, the, the, it's a very popular sort of uh, annual one-off style for a lot of American small breweries. To make. Mm-hmm. They love to, you know, have these around in the winter. Yeah. The American ones are mostly a little bit different than the Russian ones. Sorry, than the English ones. The English <laughs> ones tend to be very focused on the character you get from the malt and the esters. And the malts often tend to be chocolatey, coffee, yeah. things like that. Whereas the American ones tend towards a darker, more ashy profile fairly often, not in all cases. And unsurprisingly, they tend to be much more hop focused. I can't stand that ashy, that, that yeah. ashy black patent. Yeah, um, you, you get I that a lot of these. And you'll, you'll find that in some of the English ones too. But yeah. the main but difference is the American ones tend to be less complex, especially in the fermentation characteristics, mm-hmm. and much more focused on the hops. <laughs> Why is that? I, I think there's some of them nowadays that are because sh- we're Americans, we like hops. That's what we do. Well, right? I mean, but 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 not that not the complex fermentation profile. I mean, the hops I understand, but but. Is it just because we're we're it's lazy? Because brewers? we're all using the same yeast strain, we're using that, okay. sixty-two to sixty-four. Yeah, it's it's. The Chico. I, there's not so how many American Brupa or brewery beers you know that are really focused on the ester profile? Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not the thing that most American small brewers do. I mean, there are some definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Budweiser. <laughs> Very ester yeah, focused. Yes, right. Well, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. No. and I mean, I, I know I'm, gener- I'm generalizing no, wildly here, but yeah. but the but the majority of the American ones, not all, but a lot of them are much more hop focused, not as complex with uh, 
the English ones traditionally are much more interesting on the front of esters, and they're not ter- they're not really hop forward beers in any sense. Okay, just, and that's enough. kind of the boat this thing fits into. Really. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's jump into this, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sipping on it already, and uh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's very it's good. Nice, yeah. It does have it's a, a very a, nice beer. A bitterness to it. It does have bitterness. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's let, let's go through the uh, let's go through the style guidelines here. Style guidelines. Or not guidelines the style guidelines. The tasting uh, notes. The score sheet. Sorry. Score sheet. Yeah, right. tasting notes. Yeah, thank you. All right. So I mean, on this beer for me, um, there is sort of a. Oops. Hey, let's pull up the right score sheet. Let's not read the one from the that we just did. Um, for me, there's a... Uh, there's a medium hop aroma. No, okay. Yeah. Rich base malt, deep, dark chocolate, a little touch of soy in this one, an almost salty clove-like aroma. Uh, lots of esters, prune and fig, maybe some cherry. Um, very nice. All very classy to style. Uh, no hop was picked up. It was clean. No diacetyl, DMS, anything like that. Um that touch of clove might actually be an aging character, especially in conjunction with the soy. That sometimes happens. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's not, and it's not clove like in Hefeweizen. It's more like a clove oil sort of thing. It's kind of kind of oddly spicy, weird character. That's what I think I get out of that uh, Mexican lager that I'm drinking at my house. I'm not That's drinking. It's, no. it's, it's, not, it's not clove like a half. It's clove like a, um, like a much more, I want to say, organic mm-hmm. version, if that makes yeah. sense. I, I, if it's like this, then I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it is um, a little bit. I think it's, it's just kind of another yeast breakdown product, hmm. autolysis product. Hmm. Um, appearance hmm. is uh, pours a medium dark tan fine foam. Fades slowly to a light cover, but it didn't last forever, but, you know, it, it faded. But, you know, you expect that. This beer is 10%, uh, 10.0, well, 10% by the bottom, by the bottle. Interesting. Alcohol by volume, 10%. Alcohol, 10% volume. It has it both ways. Um, some, sometimes you get to have it both ways. <laughs> sometimes you do. Sometimes it's just redundant. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, black, uh, black color, maybe very dark brown, and pretty much opaque. You cannot shine a light through this thing. Right. There, there's no seeing through this. Um, yeah. Flavor, deep chocolate with figs and prunes and coffee and cherry. No hop flavor. Firmly bittered, but balances more or less to the malt. Finish is slightly sweet, but a little drying from a medium strong and slightly spicy alcohol character. Lingering coffee candy flavor, you know, like one of those little round, hard coffee candies. You mm-hmm. Remember those? Yeah, I used to get a lot of those at Christmas yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Um, that is like fit, that, With yeah. figs and warming alcohol, very much the style. Slight yeasty flavor. Um, I did pick up maybe a touch of that kind of clove oil and some maybe some almond here again. So those are age characteristics again. Now, these are bottle-conditioned beers, right? This, or I this think, one is I'm pretty particular. sure this is a bottle-conditioned beer. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so um, I'm suspecting, I mean, it's, it's, it's a 2012 vintage, says right in the label. I'm suspecting this one might not have received the best possible treatment from some of these flavors. Yeah. But they're also, they're also not major notes in here. They're kind now, of background. What, what would lend you to believe that? For me, it, it's hearing you describe those coffee candies, because mm-hmm. to me, those, thinking back on them, they taste a little like uh, oxidized coffee, like old coffee. Mm-hmm. So is that maybe an oxidation uh, issue going on? Or, or uh, uh, temperature? thing maybe it could be i i mean for me the coffee flavor in here is very nice it doesn't mm-hmm. taste oxidized yeah but but when you when you say that the coffee candy when yeah. like if i'm thinking the, the candy portion it's like right. uh um 
I don't know how to describe it other than than just kind of oxidized coffee. Coffee's been sitting in the pot for a couple of days, not on the burner, but yeah. just kind of. Yeah. Oops, here's a bunch of my cup. Kind of thing. Don't taste oxidized. I mean, not mm. in any unpleasant way, but, but yeah, not, not unpleasant. No, I, I, not I unpleasant. Know where you're coming from, yeah. But yeah. It probably is just calling to mind the combination of sweetness with that coffee flavor that, mm. that you probably that you enjoy. So okay, yeah. Yeah, um, medium high body, not not as high as a lot of the imperial stouts I've had. Mm-hmm. This, this one's a little bit drier, but not not it's not like dry. It's definitely not just a regular medium body. Medium carbonation, thick, richly creamy mouthfeel, uh, creaminess in there. Not astringent. A little bit of drying from the roast and the alcohol, though. The alcohol is definitely warming. It's almost clean. It, it's not hmm. like clean vodka like alcohol. It definitely has a spicy character to it. Um, it's it's verging on hot and solventy but it's not mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting alcohol character in this beer and um i suspect that's probably intentional not an accident you know they've had a couple hundred years to work with this recipe they probably have their ferment conditions nailed down pretty well yeah so, and it lends a lot of interesting character to this beer um it's not just you know strong right which is what a lot of them are overall rich complex with malt roast malt complex esters which are all hallmarks of the st- hallmarks of the style. Alcohol is spicy, verging and hot. Could maybe use a lower ferment temp, but then it would not be as interesting if it did that. So, you know, if you wanted to clean it up and make it absolutely pleasing to everyone, maybe. But I, I, I rather like it where it is, actually. A little bit of signs of age from that sort of a touch of soy and that little clove oil kind of character. But it, it suggests to me that this beer is not one I this bottle or this batch or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put this down in my basement for four years and see what it turns into, which I do like to do for a lot of Imperial Stouts. They should age. Yeah. This one, if it's showing that kind of characteristic, it's probably just going to get worse. After two years, you yeah. After two years, if it tastes like this, pull them all out and drink them. Okay. Yeah, if it's I got see. that touch of clove, that kind of almost so, large the pan thing. Going you know, and, and that's a good that's a good point because a lot of people w- wonder. That's a big question in, in in craft beer, right? How long can I age this? Yeah. So for for these kind of beers specifically, those would the, those are the markers that you would start looking for to those be like we should start yeah. cranking this out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, there 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 are classic, well described markers. If you look at some of the BJCP website, there's materials on there for a lot of off flavors, and there are ones I don't know if a lot of people focus on as much. But there are things like this almond marzipan flavor, and this mm. sort of clove oil. There there are flavors that come with age. Okay. And they're not good age flavors. Not like you're getting a nice sherry, which would be very welcome in this, sort of a sherry mm-hmm. touch of oxidation. Yeah. It, it's just, it gets, they, they tend to grow these flavors and get more and more unpleasant. I mean, I had a, had a nine-year-old bottle of, uh, I think it was a J.W. Lee's recently, which is mostly pretty enjoyable, but it had a lot of this in it. And after a while, hmm. it's just, I'm just done with this. I don't yeah, like I can't it do it. It's just too much of this sort of pungent, weird clovey. It reminded me of when I had my wisdom teeth out. They stuffed clove oil soaked cotton balls uh, in the sockets to numb the pain. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so maybe that's just my personal avoidance there. But, you know. You never yeah. know. Um, but complex, interesting, very good. A touch of age is starting to go bad. I gave it a 39. I want to score it higher. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that those age characters just sort of kept me from really putting it over the top. If okay. it didn't have that, I, I'd be giving this a solid 45 or better. It's, it's, it's a wonderful beer, okay. even as is. Yeah, and the, the aging, um, you know, the length of time that you want to age a beer can be dependent on how much oxygen was included on you know when you when you kegged or bottled it and um, how it was stored you know if you you can kind of accelerate the aging of a beer a stronger beer if you include a little oxygen either intentionally or unintentionally when you're bottling it 
obviously with a weaker beer, you wouldn't want to put <laughs> put much oxygen in there. But <laughs> right. a barley wine or a Russian Imperial Stout, it'll it'll use a little bit of that to yeah. to give it that. Well, I wouldn't attempt to do that intentionally. No, no, yeah. Because <laughs> the problem on is you might, level, end up, you might end up just going papery and cardboard. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. On a homebrew level, just keep doing whatever you're doing. You probably it'll end up in there eventually, including enough oxygen <laughs> yeah. as it is. Yeah. Uh, right. For but what the interesting it needs. thing about this beer, you know, there's no sherry, there's no paper or cardboard either. So I don't right. think the age characters here are coming from oxidation. Right. I think right. this is just since it does seem to be bottle conditioned. I think this is just hemolysis. Hmm. And interestingly, it seems to be getting clearer as it warms up. That the haze might be partly chill haze. Which is not something I would have guessed offhand, but right, yeah, yeah. So, um, I I I also really like this beer. I, the aroma came across a nice, smooth. Uh, had some like treacle, rich chocolate, a lot of fruitiness with cherries and plums and raisins from uh, from that malt in there. It did have a pretty strong aged character. Um, to me, it wasn't unpleasant. It was it was aging nicely, and it was to a point where it's starting to taste really good. So on the bottle, it says you can age it up to 13 years. Yeah, I agree with Lee. I might not go that far with this bottle. You can. But with some Russian Imperial Stouts and with those American style Imperial Stouts, you know, the hops are going to fade a little bit more. That ashiness is going to become more subdued and meld with the other flavors. With a beer like that, I lay down some some Narwhal and some Old Rasputin to, you know, to taste in a year or two years or whenever I get around to tasting it. Um like that but yeah this one's a different animal um the, the hops are really subdued in this you know if, if anything just a low earthy floral note um kind of below everything else really subdued um no no bad flavors such as dms or diacetyl or anything or aromas i'm on so sorry um n- no funky aromas in there but uh yeah just richly roasty and chocolatey uh color again just like lee said it's almost black kind of a brown, deep brownish black can't see through it um it kind of faded to a collar of dense fine bubbles ringing the glass which i liked it, it kept some of that head um but uh didn't you know it, it fades pretty quickly because of the alcohol uh the flavor it had some some rich chocolate uh you know the roast is pretty subdued in the flavor profile in this it's not it's not richly roasty, but it comes through the aftertaste a little bit more. But it's it's, it's all chocolate and coffee. Yeah, there's, there's chocolate, no ash coffee. There's no ash. It's just there's a little bit of toast in there, even a little treacle, a little tobacco. Um, you know, and again, all those fruity flavors: raisins, plum, fig, um, and the alcohol in spear is really is pretty evident. But to me, it came across pretty smoothly, nice and nice and clean. I did get a faint bit of spiciness as well, but it was not hot. Definitely balanced to the malt. This this beer is uh, very clean ale. Can you say that in a Yoda voice? Yeah. <laughs> I can say it in a German Definitely accent. Balanced to the malt. This beer is. <laughs> that was uh, a bad Yoda. I, I used to good. be able to do it a lot better. Finished. I kind of want to hear a German Yoda though. <laughs> Definitely balanced to the malt. This is. Sorry, I, I just melted a couple neurons even thinking about that. <laughs> Um, so How about an Australian Yoda. Yeah, the the, the finish and the mm. aftertaste in this beer are really interesting too. It just it finishes semi sweet and has a a rich chocolatey fruitiness coming in the aftertaste. And as that that fruitiness fades a little bit, you're left with the chocolate, and then you get that just the edge of that roastiness that is in there. There's a little bit of it, and you just get it on the very end. 
and um, really pleasant uh, finishing beer. You just you, you want to sip it. You take a sip and you you experience the whole uh, palate. You know from the from the beginning to the end of, of the beer and just let it float off your senses and and enjoy it for what it is. It's really wonderful beer. Uh, body wise, I did feel it was a it was kind of a medium full body, not just a touch light for the style. It was my impression of it, um, and it could be due to the aging. Um, has a medium low carbonation, uh, some pretty somewhat creamy, pretty smooth, uh, no astringency. Uh, it has a kind of a silky texture to it, uh, not overly so, but like a, a big oatmeal stout or something. But it does have a little silkiness to it, along with that smooth warming that you have in there from the alcohol so i mean wow overall impression damn pleasant beer pretty you know pretty nicely aged as it is already after two years in the bottle and uh, has a pretty nice depth of complexity that you don't get in, in other russian imperial stouts with the especially on the malt side of things um it obvious strength but it's 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 sneaky nonetheless it has a it, 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 you know, you can you take a, take a sip or two, and and you can tell it's there, but yeah. it's not offensive at all. It's it's clean. Yeah, not much about this beer is offensive. It's yeah. very very good. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to drink. You, yeah, you still want to sip it. So they could, you, you know, you could boost up the body a touch on this beer, uh, but uh, yeah, again, I just want the aftertaste. So just just really pleasant uh, finish. You definitely want to sip this beer and just. It'd be even nicer in the in the winter, maybe when it's just it's cold outside and you want to drink something rich. But sit in front of the fire and sip. Yeah, it almost yeah. makes me want to light a fire in the corner Atmosphere. here so I can sip this in front of it. Hey, they have insurance. Let's just burn this whole place down. Right <laughs> Let's do it. That's right. So yeah. I short out the mixing board here. <laughs> yeah. I scored it a forty-four, and uh, yeah, I thought it was an excellent, excellent beer. Awesome. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a very good beer. So uh, if you folks at home are, are drinking this beer, hopefully that kind of helped you walk through a little bit of the tasting here. Yeah, and I've had bottles of this a few times over the past year, and this is the first one that I found that kind of those age characteristics we were talking about, the clove oil sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Other ones have not had any sign of that. So mm. I, I think that's... Yeast condition and whatever. Are you sure it's not? Either that or it might be, you know, shipping differences for this batch. Mm-hmm. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, okay. I wonder if the cloviness or the clove oil impression you're getting could be some of the spiciness from the alcohol that, that we both got too. I don't know. I, I think it's different. It's a separate I think, thing. I think it's not the alcohol. I'm, I'm trying to pick that out, but it's, hmm. I'm having a hard time finding that. But it seems like both of you guys got it, so... Yeah. There's so much going on that it's, you know, it's very picking complex. out an indiv- individual yeah. component like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the key to this, these beers. You know, the good ones should just be amazingly complex. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the phrase out of the BJCP style guidelines, like a black barley wine with every dimension of flavor coming into play. And a good one of these has that. Yeah. You've got yeah. malt, you've got chocolate, you've got roast, you've got a little bit of hop, you've got some esters, and you've got more esters, and yet more esters, and alcohol, and spicy alcohol. and It's and, tough. It's a tough style to get a hang of, man. going, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. and the 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 specs. Well, the, the, you you can't call them specs, I guess. the The style guidelines, you know, show the IBUs as being fifty to ninety. So it's it's pretty substantially bitter too, considering everything else that's going on there. It kind of is surprising that it, that it can be that bitter yeah. and and but still balanced. With a lot balanced. of vari- variation in that range. But that yeah. this one is probably faded to you know maybe a forties range with the the bitterness. But a lot some of the bitterness may be coming also from the the dark malts. You know the impression of bitterness there. So mm. All right. yeah, 
Cool beer. Yeah. Well, Thanks hope for some br- other folks found found some of this as you're listening and are enjoying it with us because it's a pleasant experience. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm gl- I, I, I heard of John Kirby, but I didn't know they made a, a Russian Imperial Stout. I'm pretty stoked now that I got a, I, a another. Maybe about the only thing they ship over here. I'm not sure they send it. I thought else. they didn't. They do like a don't they do like a barley wine or some shit like that? I've seen at Monument Liquors up here or something. Maybe I don't hmm. know. This this is this is the only one of their beers that I I routine semi-routinely seen hmm. in the u.s yeah interesting um let's take a break and then when we come back we'll we'll do our rundown of ted's beer and um and just get out of here since that's the only homebrew we had right. um it's dr homebrew everybody hang on just a second we'll be right back Woo-hoo. that's it i've had it i am never putting hops in my beer again what why it's just too ridiculous insane prices stupid contracts high shipping costs crappy selection dude you need nico brew Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great tasting beer and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second best grain mill. You want a monster mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster mills are tough, come in two and three roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at monsterbrewinghardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. (laughs) Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. 
Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit DanstarYeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at DanstarYeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. All right, everyone, welcome back. Thanks for hanging out. Dr. Homebrew, we're just wrapping up here. We just popped a beer from uh, from a listener whose beards we're going to have on next month, uh, Russ, and he, he gave us a... A nice bottle. Uh, in a very nice bottle of Founders, um, which is in uh, Michigan. We were just out there for NHC. I never got to go to any Founders things. Um, I had to work. You were lost. I was lost. I had a lot of Founders in uh, Chicago when I was there, too, recently. Mm. It's good. Um, good Midwest beers. This is the Backwoods Bastard Ale Age and Oak Bourbon Barrels. What's interesting is I had to get online and go to Beer Advocate to figure out what the hell a Backwoods Bastard is. Apparently, it's supposed to be a... Scottish wee heavy. Is it different from a creek monkey? It might be different from a creek monkey, but what the fuck? Why don't you just put it on there? Come on. You're marketing to craft beer lovers who want to know what styles are. We are not just these kind of people who, oh, I drink beer and this is what it is. This is a beer. Maybe they just figure backwards bastards what's going to sell. That and the fact that it says bourbon barrel aged on the bottom. It is bourbon barrel aged. Which does explain a lot of the flavor profile. I wonder, I mean, does does Skull Splitter, you know, Orkney Skull Splitter, does that say that it's a strong scotch ale or is it just a given i don't know well look at the label yeah i don't know about that but but that i would i would i would give a little more leeway to because excuse me they're not a a a modern day american craft brewery who you're getting chlorophenol now brian are you smelling my burp (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I don't Sorry, know. you were saying. No, no, I, I, yeah. I was probably going on too much of a rant. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand that. You're making me work to figure out what the fuck I'm drinking. A lot of Stop people don't it. care. But a lot, I think more people care than not care. Mm-hmm. I'm just going gonna, gonna to start a brewery just to piss off JP that just puts out beers with different colored labels. This is the white label beer. <laughs> yeah. And it just says beer. And it has oh, like, great. it might list the ABV if I'm forced to list that. You mean, and you're going to call it Chimay. No, no, no. I call it Chammy. And the colors will be very subtly different. So you get the chartreuse beer and then you get the like the greenish yellow beer. And they're, they're one tastes awful and one tastes really great. And JP will be like, oh, is this is this chartreuse or, or, or and then you find out which yellow green colorblind. Right. Yeah. You can't tell the difference. Damn. I got that crappy beer again. It all oh, looks red good. to me. Great, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Wonderful. Yeah. Like it'll be the chili pepper beer. Uh, but thanks, Russ. And Russ even signed it. What did yeah. he say? That was cool. Yeah. Thanks for Dr. Homebrew BN Army. Yeah, that's Russ. pretty cool. 
Last name omitted, whatever. Oh, I don't know. Do you say the last name? He's in the witness I've been doing care. this show a year and a half. I don't remember if you usually say people's last names. Um, no, I don't, but not for any reason, just because right. I don't want to pronounce people's names. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, you wrote it on the dude's cowboy hat. This, Russ yeah. is hard like enough. This old, grizzly, bearded right. dude on the label with an axe behind his uh, shoulder, and, and his eyes looked a little glazed over, and they... They wrote BN Army on the hat. He's I mean, probably been drinking. That's what I think of when I think BN Army right there. Yeah. That guy. That's old dude. Old Creek old Monkeys. Backwoods right. bastard. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Love it. Thanks, yeah. Russ. Appreciate no, it, man. It's very nice. Stuff. And we have yeah. a couple other stuff. He, he has a, a, a can, I think, of Great Lakes Brewing or something, like a black IPA, which is my favorite. And then um, a bar, a can of barley wine. I forget. I it. saw that can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, so we'll have to crack those open when he's on the show next month and uh, and, and taste it with him. It'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, Russ. I appreciate it, man. And then um, just real fast, we'll recap Ted's um, uh, West Coast Pale, right? Oh, right. Yeah. The West Coast Pale. Very nice recap. Beer. What was up with that beer? Yeah, it was nice. It was a good beer. There you go. Good balance. Good classic Centennial Cascade American hop aromas and flavors. Nice balance between the malt and the hop. Pretty even. Slightly a little to the bitter and the hop, mm-hmm. but not much. A little sweet in the finish. Um, that was the only thing I thought really could be fixed. Maybe a little bit drier, but all in all, a real nice, well-balanced, drinkable American pale ale. Cleans. A little hint of nice ester. Dead on. Awesome. Beer. Said, I, gave yeah. it, I gave it like a 40 points. Yeah. yeah. Dr- the the drinkability and the balance are key to this style, and that's that he hit he hit both of them. It's pretty pretty tasty stuff, and the the malt you know the malt is there just enough to support, and it's it's a, that got that clean bready character with a little bit of biscuit. Um, you know, one of the things that says in the style guidelines too is you don't want to go too caramely with your your pale ale. And that was one of the things where you maybe could make a slight adjustment and back off the caramel a little yeah. bit, and that would also you know, bring back the sweetness a little bit, make it a little bit drier and even a little bit more drinkable and smooth. Uh, but it was great as it was. So, yeah, nice beer. I thought I got a little ph- phenolic in it, but again, it might have been my burp. <laughs> so, um, take the wrapper, plastic wrapper off the burrito next time before you. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, thanks to John Curran for sending in a Russian Imperial Stout. That was very nice. Yeah, it was very nice. John, yeah. Nice. Too bad we couldn't get him on the line, huh? Yeah, he's tied up at the it's, moment. It's nighttime there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks uh, very much, guys, for, for, for hanging out. Uh, and, of course, Ted, since you were the only uh, homebrew on the show, you are the winner of the $40 uh, grog tag. At least your beer will look good gift certificate. I will get that out to you tomorrow. Uh, thanks very much for sending in all the beers that you did. And, and he's the winner of the best homebrew of the night. And the best homebrew. Of the, he's a big winner. And he's the winner of the drunk, drunk of the week at Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> sure. Right. Which he gets nothing. All right. And thanks to John Courage for sending that beer in. Of course, uh, you know, John Courage is dead. So. That's all oh, right. His he, beer lives on. I thought he <laughs> called in earlier. He, did, he didn't. He may have called in. It, it, it may have been my mom. I don't it know. It was on the spirit phone. I was trying to right. tune into his, his <laughs> essence. <laughs> well, you did great. His essence is, uh, his essence is definitely is there. Alive and well. In the bottle. Yeah. This bottle. Right. One alive and well and only slightly aged. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. It's been Dr. Homebrew. Uh, thanks to Ted uh, for sending in some beer. Thanks to Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. Uh, they're also on Facebook, and I think they're on Twitter, but I don't really know. Anyway, um, maybe Instagram? Maybe Instagram. But uh, uh, thank them for, for sponsoring the show. That'd be great. And, uh, uh, of course, the best way you can thank them is, is buying their, their products, asking for them in your local homebrew supply store. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. Until next time, everybody, take it easy.